So I don't know how many of you are familiar with the idea of the five love languages, but the author of the book, The Five Love Languages, comes to the conclusion that there are five ways that people communicate and receive love. And every individual has a dominant way that they express and receive love. And this is important to understand in our most important relationships, especially within the family. And one of the five love languages is gifts, that some people express and receive love most through the giving and the receiving of meaningful, thoughtful, timely gifts. I am one of those people. Where gifts are my primary love language, it's the best way for someone to express love to me, which is terrible for Jalen, but it's also the way that I most naturally express love to others, which is very good for Jalen, for the girls, and for those that I love the most. I love giving great gifts, and I love giving great gifts that surprise people. Now, some of you don't know this, but my wife's birthday is four days before Christmas, and unless it's something real big, she does not want combined gifts. She wants to keep gifts and birth, you know, birthday and Christmas separate, but when it's big, it's okay. And only one time in our marriage has it been that big and has it been that okay. So a couple years ago, this is our second Christmas living here in Las Cruces when she was pregnant with Noble, I decided to pull off a big gift and a big Surprise. The one thing that Jalen had mentioned that she did not like about our house when we bought it was that she hated the countertops in the kitchen. I kept that thing in the back of my mind, and that year around Christmas, we were also refinancing our house, so we didn't have a house payment for two months, and I decided I was going to surprise Jalen with new countertops for Christmas slash birthday supplied and made possible by the fact that we didn't have a house payment for two months. And for this to be a surprise, it required some work and some serious intentionality. And I started planning this in September. As a matter of fact, in October, I had Devin and Cynthia League pick up a new farmhouse sink in Phoenix while they were visiting family, and then got those specs and got the countertop and got the sink all to, to, the, to the countertop people. And then on December 20th, Jalen's birthday, I planned for her to have lunch with some friends, and when she left for work that morning, 15 minutes later, a few friends were at our house with hammers and drills to remove and get rid of the old countertops. We had it done in about a half an hour, and it was out of the house in a half an hour, and 20 minutes after that, the countertop guys were at our house to install the new tops and the new sink. It was all done by lunchtime except for the new faucet, which I wrongly assumed that I could install over the course of an afternoon. But then I started to hang wrapping paper once I realized that I could not install this, this, the faucet that Jalen was probably going to have to do that for me. I started hanging wrapping paper from the ceiling the, around the entire space around the kitchen. Some Christmas, some non-Christmas because it was a Christmas and birthday. And we had to make sure that we kept those things a little bit separate. And then Jalen got home after work and walked into the kitchen being wrapped. And I told her that she needed to unwrap her present. I was having a mild panic attack at that moment that she might just hate the counters. Now, I knew that I would probably be okay because I knew she was going to love the farmhouse sink. That was something that she had always said she wanted. I knew she was going to love the sink. I wasn't sure she was going to love the counters. I did all this without her having a, 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 an idea that it was happening. So I, she had no idea. She had not picked out. I, I was having a mild panic attack that she might just kind of hate the counters. She loved it. And she was in shock at how good a job I had done at knowing what she wanted getting a sink and faucet that she loved and would later finish installing and picked out backsplash that she would love and somehow pulled it all off in a day without her knowing that it was even happening. I don't remember at all what I got for Christmas that year, but I'll remember the joy of pulling that off for the rest 
of my life. And all of that to say, there's a powerful truth that's at work every Christmas morning or whenever it is that you open gifts with family or loved ones. It's at work every year on your birthday. It's at work anytime you're giving or receiving gifts. And here's the principle that's a, the powerful truth that's at work. The more personal the gift is, the better the gift. The more personal the gift is, the better the gift. And what I mean by that is that when someone truly knows you and gets you and understands your likes, your dislikes, your sense of humor, the things that you need, the things that you want, the way that you want the things that you want, and your own personal style and taste, they know how to give you a truly great gift. And when you know and understand someone else like that, you know how to give a great gift. I mean, let's be honest. We know this powerful truth because we've seen it play out in the opposite way, right? You know when you've given a gift that wasn't personal. I mean, maybe your office had a secret Santa gift exchange and you drew the name of that one person that you barely know anything about. And you had to work so hard to try to think of what they like. You didn't know anything about them. They were so new, nobody really knew anything about them. And what you got for them, it wasn't personal. And when they opened it, you could see on their face, they're like, well, this is a gift. You know, it was, it was great. Or maybe your extended family had a gift exchange and the person that you drew out of the hat was that one uncle who all you know about him is that he doesn't want any kids on his lawn and he likes former President Trump like too much. Like, 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 like too much. Okay, and so like, you're, you're like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to get. Like, like, and so you got them something, but you know what you got them was probably not something that had a whole lot of personal meaning for them. Or maybe you start dating someone new and you overhear them say something about how much they like bears. So you get them a stuffed teddy bear only to find out that they really like the Chicago bears. And so you feel silly, but you also then have to break with up with them for their poor taste in football teams. I mean, like, you know, at times in life where you've given a gift that wasn't as personal as you hoped it would be. And you know you've received a gift that wasn't personal, right? Like someone gave you what they would have wanted. You open up a box of gourmet cheese, but you're lactose intolerant. It would be a great gift for someone. It's not a great gift for you. Someone gives you a canister of peanut, uh, uh, of, of gourmet nuts, but you're allergic to nuts. It's a great gift for someone. It's not a great gift for you. You know that you've received some, some gifts that weren't personal. And that, that truth plays out every time that you've given, every time that you've received a gift that wasn't personal. It also plays out every time that you receive a gift that was incredibly personal. The more personal the gift is, the better the gift. The more you know someone's desires, the better gift, you can, the better gift that you can give. The more you know someone's needs, the better the gift that you can give. Where someone goes, oh my gosh, I, I, like, I didn't know how I was going to get this. I didn't know, how, but I, I needed that. And when you know their needs, you can be a great gift giver. When you know their desires, you can be a great gift giver. The more aware you are of someone's schedule, the better timing you have in presenting the gift. To pull off my big surprise, I had to be very well acquainted and involved and sometimes even like pushing in Jalen's schedule. She was very wondering why I was so adamant about her having lunch with friends on her birthday. Again, if you give a gift that's great, that's a great gift, but it's not great timing, it can, seem, it can seem like it's not even that great of a gift. The more you are aware and the more you're in tune with someone's schedule, the better timing you have in presenting that gift. And the more you understand your place in someone's life, the better, that you can, the better gift you can give. This is important to understand. Husbands, I'm just going to help you, some of you husbands. This is something that I, I figured out, unfortunately, a couple of years ago. Your wife may need a new vacuum and your wife may desire a new vacuum. She doesn't need it from you for Christmas. 
She made it from you, but not at Christmas. The, 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 the husband gift is not the gift of a vacuum. A husband gift gives something, a, a spouse gift is something different. It's something more meaningful. It's not just functional. Uh, and so you're, you're, you, someone may be saying, oh, this is what I want. This is what I need. But they don't want that or, or need that from you. The role that you play in someone's life determines whether or not a gift is appropriate from you. And here's why I say all that. At Christmas... God gave the most personal gift anyone has ever given you. And here's the thing. Some of us, we weren't listening that closely. And if you don't listen, that, listen to that carefully, what you will hear is that God gave the greatest gift ever, which is exactly what you would expect to hear in, in a church around Christmas. And I believe God gave the greatest gift ever. But what made it the greatest gift ever is that when God sent his son into the world for the world, God gave the most personal gift that anyone has ever given and certainly the most personal gift that anyone has ever given to you or for you. In his letter to the Roman Christians, Paul explained the gift of Christmas like this. In Romans chapter 5, well, not specifically talking about Christmas, here's the, Paul's explanation of what God gave us at Christmas. I'm just going to read this entire passage. I'm going to talk about how this is the most personal gift anyone has ever given. In Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. He went on to say in verse 12, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. But there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. God, with the birth of Jesus, with the arrival of Jesus, with the arrival of Jesus, the life of Jesus that would lead to the death of Jesus, that would lead to the resurrection of Jesus, which would lead to the sins being forgiven of many. What God did through Jesus' birth and the life that would flow from it and everything that would flow from, from the hand of God through Jesus, God gave us the most personal gift that anyone has ever 
given. And God gave us the most personal gift that anyone has ever given to me and that anyone has ever given to you. And if you're wondering why I would say that, here's what I say, here's, here's what I recognize in that verse, in, 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 that, in that passage of scripture that helps us understand how personal the gift of Christmas truly is. See, the thing that makes Christmas so personal is we know that God, because of, because of Christmas, we know that God knows your desires. I mean, like when you look at what we just read, it says you've been given peace with God. You've been given right standing with God. You've been given a relationship with God and you've been made free from the grip of sin and from the grip of death and from the, from, from the inevitability of sin and death having sway over you. Every single one of us at our core, not just church people, but people, people, everyone on some level deep in our hearts desires peace with God. To know that we are at peace with God. I mean, some of us, we live with such a low-level anxiety all the time because we just never know where we stand with God. Apart from Jesus, you will live with that anxiety for the rest of your life. But in the scripture, it says that God has made us, has given us peace with him. That those who receive it, that those who receive what God, the, the gift that God gave at Christmas, we have peace with God. It's something every single one of us wants. Every one of us desires to have peace because we have a right standing relationship with God. Scripture teaches in that passage of Romans chapter 5, we've been given right standing with God, that we have peace with God into our, in our heart because in our relationship with God, God has said that we are righteous through Jesus. We've been given a right standing relationship with God. Everyone desires to be free from the grip of sin. Even people who don't want to really know Jesus have those things in their lives. And some of you, you may be this person where you want to be free from those same habits, those same destructive things, those same things that keep pulling you back and tearing you down. And you know it's coming from within or it's coming from without, but whatever is causing it, there's something that keeps wrecking your life. And in that passage at the end, Paul says, because of what Jesus has done, we are given freedom from sin and death, that there is no longer an inevitability to life. Apart from Jesus, there's an inevitability that sin is always going to hold its sway and death is always going to be the end. But because of Jesus, sin and death no longer are inevitable. We can be free from the power of sin and death because of what Jesus has done for us. And what we learn there is, again, God knows your deepest desires what you truly long for, that you truly long for peace with God, that you truly long for a right-standing relationship with God, and that you truly long to be free from the power of sin. And because of the gift of Jesus at Christmas, you and I, we have been given gifts that meet our desires because God knows our desires. The second thing is that God knows your needs. You're like, how are the desires and the needs really different? And if you would say that, I would say, you know the difference between a desire, something I want, and something that I need. We need forgiveness. We need grace. And here's why this is so important to understand. For us to have what we desire, there is something that must, a need that must be met first. We need forgiveness if we're to have peace with God. We can't get ourselves right, right standing with God. We can't make ourselves righteous in God's sight. We can't get free from sin, the power of sin in and of ourselves. We need forgiveness if we're going to get everything, anything that we desire. We need the grace of God to do for us what we could not do for ourselves so that we can receive what we desire in peace with God, righteous, righteous relationship with God, right standing relationship with God, and free 
from the power of sin in our relationship with God. We need forgiveness. We need grace. And Romans 5 says that when Jesus came into the world, when he died on the cross, when he showed us what God is like, we, when we look to him, when we receive what he has done for us, we receive God's forgiveness and we receive God's grace, which makes it possible for us to have peace with God, makes it possible for us to have a relationship with God, makes it possible for us to be in right standing with God, makes it possible that we would be free from the power of sin because of what God has done in our lives and the power that he has brought into our lives. It's our greatest need in life. Forgiveness is our greatest need in life. Sin is your biggest problem in life. Your sin, not someone else's sin, we're so good at saying that some out, some outside problem is, is our biggest problem, that someone else's sin and someone else's wrong is our biggest problem in life. But your biggest problem in life, like my biggest problem in life, is your sin and my sin. And because of the sin problem in our life, the greatest need in our life is to be forgiven and to be graciously forgiven and welcomed back home into a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. You might think your greatest need is a vacation. You might think your greatest need is a new sweater. You might think your greatest need is a new vehicle. I'm telling you, no matter what your physical needs are right now, your greatest need in life is the forgiveness and the grace of God flowing to your sins because your greatest problem in life is your sin. And God knew not just your desires, but he knew your need. And he sent Jesus not just to meet your desires, but he sent Jesus fully aware of your need to meet and to provide a solution for your need, to meet your greatest need and to provide a solution for your greatest problem. So God knows your desires. This is what we learn at Christmas. God knows your needs. And here's the third thing is that God is intimately acquainted with our time. God understands our time. That verse says this, that at just the right time, while we were still helpless, that the unique love of God is that he, is that he sent Jesus to die at just the right time. And it's just the right time because it's at the time while we could or would do nothing to save ourselves, while we could or would do nothing that would make us or bring us back into right standing with God, God gave the gift of Jesus specifically targeted before your sin ever, ever entered the equation. God made a way to, that he could express his love for you and his grace for you before you had ever done anything to earn it. God gave the, the gift of Jesus at the perfect time for you, but God also gave the gift of Jesus at the perfect time in human history. I love that this line that Paul says, at just the right time, and this is something that Paul brings up over and over again throughout the New Testament, at just the right time, God sent Jesus. At just the right time, God sent Jesus. Have you ever wondered, like, at just the right time, while we were still helpless, at just the right time, while we had done nothing to earn it, while at just the right time, before we could ever even think about doing anything to earn it, God sent Jesus. But at just the right time, not just for you, but at just the right time in human history, God gave Jesus because he's intimately acquainted with our experience and with our time. And when, when, when we say that at just the right time, in the Roman Empire, with the expanse of the Roman Empire, with the expanse of, of the highway system of the Roman Empire, with the common language and ability to translate into languages that hadn't adopted the commonality of, of, of Greek or Latin, there was the ability for the first time in the history of the world to go to the majority of the world's population that was connected by trade routes and the commonality of language that, that for the first time in human history, 
everyone could be reached by the message of the love and the grace of God. Because God did this at just the right time. At just the right time. Because God understands our desires. He understands our needs. And he understands our time. And then one more thing that God understands is that God understands his place in our life. He understands his role in our lives. He's our heavenly father. See, what, if, if, if you're a parent, what you know is that parents give gifts to their children that their children could never give to their parents. See, when, when my kids come to me on my birthday with a picture that they colored, it's wonderful. And it's a, an appropriate gift from a child to a parent. If I showed up on their birthday with a picture that I colored, it would be a disappointing gift because by nature, and this is so important for us to understand, a parent has greater capacity to give to their child. A parent has greater capacity to give to their child. And what God our Heavenly Father did is he saw our need. He knew our desire. He understood the timing. And out of his capacity as, his, as our Heavenly Father, gave us a gift that we could never give to him. He gave us the gift of Jesus. He held back nothing. He did not hold back the best that heaven had to offer. He gave everything. He gave the gift of his one and only son, Jesus. So that because of the gift that was given to us, he did not, he did not help hold back from his capacity to give. He didn't go, well, I have Jesus, but I'm going to give, I'm going to send an angel. Well, I have Jesus. I have my son in heaven, but I'm going to write him a message in the sky so that they know how much they matter. God wanted you to know how much you matter to him so much that he gave the best that heaven has to offer because a parent has a greater capacity to give to their child than anyone else will ever have. See, he's, he's our heavenly father. He's the savior. He's our God. He's, he has an ability and a capability to give in ways that we could never imagine, we could never equal. But he understands his role and his place in our lives as our heavenly father, as our God as our Savior, as the one who is perfect. He knows what we need from Him. He knows what we desire from Him. He knows what we can only receive from Him. And out of that, out of His knowledge and understanding of our desires, our needs, our time, and His place in a relationship with us, God gave us the most personal gift that anyone has ever given. And here's what I want to say as we, as we close today. God knows you better than anyone could ever know you. And he, out of that, he gave the most personal gift to you and for you. That is the beauty of Christmas. On this first Sunday in December, if you're watching on the Sunday of December, on this first Christmas morning, Sunday, Christmas, Sunday morning, that's the beauty of Christmas that God knows you better than anyone could ever know you. 
He, un- he knows your desires. He knows your needs. He knows your wants. He understands the, the timing of your life. He understands his place in the relationship with you. He knows you better than anyone could ever know you. And because he knows you better than anyone could ever know you, it made it possible for him to give the most personal gift that anyone has ever given to you and anyone has ever given for you. That's the goodness of God on display through the birth of his son, Jesus, over 2,000 years ago on that first Christmas morning. And today, the beauty of this Christmas morning is that you can make this Christmas morning your Christmas morning, where a brand new day begins and a brand new life begins when you place your trust in Jesus and receive the gift of God, the gift of Jesus, who would, be, who would, who would begin as a baby in a barn, who would live his entire life displaying the goodness and the love and the mercy and the strength of God, and then would go to a cross to lay down his life for you so that you could receive from God not just the gift of Jesus, but by receiving the gift of Jesus, you could receive peace with God. You could receive the forgiveness of God. You could receive grace from God so that you could have a right relationship with God. That's the gift of Christmas morning. Some of you, you already know that gift and you need to respond today with gratitude to God because you're grateful for the gift that he gave you and that he made it so personal. For some of you right now, you're watching and someone shared this with you and they're hoping that, that, that this moment gets through to you because the God that you have been resisting, the God that you've had a secret desire for, the God that you've had for your entire life a need for, he sent you the, 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 thing that would, the person that would meet your need. He sent you the person that would fill every desire. He sent the, the person at the perfect timing and he sent the perfect, the perfect response because of his relationship with you. He did what only he could do for you. And today you can begin a relationship with him by placing your trust and receiving the gift of Jesus and receiving the gifts that come because of Jesus. And today that's going to happen in just a moment. I'm going to pray. And if that's you, I want you to like the video right now or comment, you know, comment right now that I'm receiving Jesus right now. But I want you to take a moment right now as we pray to make the conscious decision to trust in Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, as the Savior that you desperately need, to bring the forgiveness that you desperately need so you can have the peace with God that you desperately want. So that you can have the right standing relationship with God that you desperately want. So that you can be set free from the power of sin like you so desperately want. God gave the most personal gift that anyone could ever give because he knows you better than anyone could ever know you. And you can accept that gift and receive that gift right now as we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy for us. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. God, thank you that you were able to give such an amazing gift because you know us so well, that you know our needs, you know our desires, you know our hearts, you understand our time, and you understand who you are in relationship to us. And God, thank you that out of the capacity to give that you have as our heavenly father, you did not hold back, but you gave the very best that heaven had to offer. You gave us Jesus. And God, today, we're so grateful for that. For those of us who are making a decision right now to place our trust in you, maybe for the first time ever, maybe for the first time in a long time, God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that because of Jesus' death on the cross, thank you that because of Jesus' arrival here on the earth, thank you that because of his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, 
we can have a relationship with you. We can have peace with you. We can be free from the power of sin over us and the power of sin in us because of what Jesus has done for us when you sent Jesus as the gift for all of us. And so God, we thank you for Jesus. We receive the gift of salvation. We receive the gift of forgiveness. We receive the gift of grace. And God, we respond with gratitude and with joy and with a commitment that we will live to honor the gift that you have given to us. We love you, God, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.